you know, we think sales can be done more effectively if you're talking to somebody when they're ready to talk to the salesperson. And rather than wasting a ton of time and effort, both on the salesperson side, sending cold emails that, you know, maybe someone doesn't want to get. And then on the, the potential buyer side, receiving messages that you're not ready to receive. Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Applied Tech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at terraleap.io. Today, I'm excited to be joined by my guest, Tim Geisenheimer, who's based in Brooklyn, New York. He's the CEO and found, co-founder at Correlated. Welcome, Tim. Good to have you on. Hey, nice to see you. Now, Correlated is a product-led revenue platform. So you're, you're focused on helping SaaS companies that are product-led, product-focused uh, in, their, in their growth. Uh, help me understand, let's just start with, what's the problem that you see that, that SaaS companies are having in this space? Yeah, it's a great question. Appreciate you having me on. So, you know, essentially what we're seeing is that there's this huge shift in how SaaS companies sort of monetize and, and, and release and distribute their products. And so the big shift is uh, away from kind of a traditional enterprise software approach of uh, having someone sign up on the website for a webinar or a demo um, and then waiting to talk to a salesperson to even get hopefully a look at the product and what it looks like uh, over a webinar or, or in person as it used to be. Um, today, what's happening is that many companies are releasing their software as a self-service version. So you can just sign up on the website, immediately get into uh, that piece of software, decide as an individual if it's providing value to you, and then eventually decide if it's useful to you as a, as a team or in your company. And so this sort of approach to distribution and actually monetization has uh, sort of led to a number of sort of opportunities and massive growth for a lot of public uh, software companies and private software companies, but it's also led to problems uh, for the, the go-to-market teams uh, that are at those companies. And so uh, the biggest problems are uh, who should we be talking to of all these free users that are using our product to actually have a sales conversation with? Is there anyone here that we should be talking to? Or how many of these are, are worth spending time on? So that's one. And then the next is of all the existing customers that are using our product, which, which ones are ready to spend more with us? There are probably some subset that are gonna expand their revenue with us. Uh, we know that, that some will, will do that, but which ones you know, are gonna be the ones that expand? And then which one should sales spend time on, focused on uh, from expansion? So you've identified the growth in product-led focus. Uh, but what you're trying to do is, is realize it's not just product by itself. There can be a sales component. So it's almost like a product-led sales enabled, and it's just finding who of our free users do we need to talk to. Now, your background, let's, we'll come back again to your solution, how you guys are doing it. Uh, I'm curious, again, this, this trajectory, how you got to this point. Your background is a salesperson, right? Like you work at a lot of different companies, even at uh, Twitter, right? Uh, mobile sales, that right? Uh, back in 2014. So take me back of like, have you just, are you just a salesperson? Is that, that your core? Yeah, I've spent my, uh, great question. I've spent my whole career doing sales in, in various different forms and, you know, started very beginning of my career as an individual, um, sort of inside salesperson, kind of doing cold calling and um, trying to, you know, uh, drum up business for for advertising sales. Actually, mm. um, and was so, that CBS Interactive? Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and it was actually a company called CNET Networks, which was a public company at the time that that CBS ended up acquiring. Um, mm. You know, while I was there, so really kind of learned the the art and craft of uh, of sales while I was there. 
um, and then made a uh, sort of uh, transition into startups uh, and still was in the sort of ad technology space um, and ended up uh, joining Twitter through an acquisition. So I was on a, the founding team and ran a sales team uh, at a company called uh, Tap Commerce that was acquired uh, by Twitter and ended up running um, sort of a large sales team uh, within Twitter. Um, and so this was still in sort of more of the, the advertising uh, and marketing technology space. Uh, but after I left there, I, I ended up joining this company called Timescale. And that was actually where I saw this problem that I just described, you know, in, in, in big detail. And, and it was basically, uh, Timescale has this open source database product and then a cloud service that they uh, that they offer. And uh, the open source product is free. So they had thousands of users coming in. It's kind of my job to say, hey, which of these users were, you know, worth talking to and, and, and where should we be spending our time? And so that's You're where we started. Facing yeah. that challenge, you're like, hmm, who do I talk to? And you realize that was uh, an issue. Now, um, there's a few other things, I guess, happening in between that and 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 correlated. But I also noticed you, you had another uh, company that you founded, in, uh, Nuco. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. this, this isn't your first venture to try to start. Uh, what, what was Nuco, though? Yeah, so, you know, I think I've been fascinated by sort of enabling sales teams and um, and salespeople, you know, for my, you know, a lot of my career, I, I've been uh, as a practitioner running sales teams or even individual contributor, trying to put the best tools at my disposal to, you know, be successful individually or, or as a team. And so always very curious about, um, you know, how to make sales teams selling B2B products, uh, you know, as, as successful as they can be. And so when I left Twitter, I, um, actually founded a company to, to do um, transcription of meetings uh, and calls uh, over, uh, over web conferencing. And, uh, you know, it was 2016 when I did that. So it was pretty good timing, but I, I ended up not pursuing it as much as I probably should have, because uh, you might've heard of some companies like Gong or Chorus who started around the same time and, and were quite successful. So kind of had yeah. the same idea. How can we get, you know, information, out of these meetings that salespeople have all the time, is there a way to do that? And so I was kind of noodling on that idea before uh, I ended up not pursuing it. Gotcha. So fast forward again, um, you're part of a, a venture uh, fund, it sounds like, and then CEO for Facet. This is 2019. Correlated got started in 2020, right? La last year. Uh, mm -hmm. the recording today is October 1st, uh, 2021. But uh, a year ago, you're, you're, you have two co-founders. So there's three of you, is that correct? Yep, that's right. So you, John, and, and Diana, um, yep. how did you guys meet? Did you just like one day you were already friends and you're like, let's solve this problem? Yeah. So Diana and I worked together at Timescale. So we, we'd actually kind of seen this problem while we were there. Uh, she was the first product manager at Timescale and, and I was running the, the sales and, and partnership side. And so um, when we faced the problem at Timescale, and, and I'll go into the solution, like you said, in a minute, but we had kind of built an in-house version of what we're now doing at Correlated at Timescale. So like a little, it was very manual. It was not productized, but we had kind of worked to, together and collaborated to try and solve this problem uh, while we were there. And then uh, John and I actually overlapped at Twitter. So we got to know each other you know, many years back. Um, and then we were together at this uh, other startup facet um, and then you know, talked to Diana Kind of the three of us were, were meeting up and decided that it was such a great opportunity we had to uh, join forces uh, and go after it. So you you raise uh, a nice round, right? And to get get started last year, how, I guess the first of all, why I was building it, um, developing it. What was that? The process pretty straightforward. 
Well, I mean, I think my approach and, and now, you know, as you've seen, kind of been a part of or, or done, you know, a number of different um, technology startups. And so I think the approach that, um, you know, I typically like to take uh, is before committing a line of code, um, try and really have a, a good understanding of the problem. And so we did have that from timescale, but we also talked to um, around 200 different people in sales teams at B2B software companies to um, really have a better understanding of what were the problems they were facing? How are they addressing those problems today? What were some of the tools or processes that they had in place to, to solve the problem? And then as we got a uh, sort of better feel um, for um, sort of where the opportunity existed to build um, based on those conversations, that's when we started to really um, put uh, pen to paper, as it were, uh, on the product and, uh, and start to, to build in earnest uh, over the course of this last year. All right, so let's let's come to the the, the product itself. Um, you see the challenge. There's lots of free leads. How are you then solving this challenge of knowing who is the right person? Yeah, so basically, our our you know feeling uh, and talking to those hundreds of of sales teams and and our own intuition and kind of experience the problem ourselves has led us to sort of the best way to do this is to understand a few different things first sort of the more traditional aspects of sort of sales qualification, you know, does this company, you know, is, are they in the fortune 500? Are, are they in, you know, your ICP or ideal customer profile? So do they have kind of attributes that, um, that lead to them being kind of good for you and your business? So that, that's going to be more things that you might have in a traditional CRM, like Salesforce or HubSpot, things like total employees, the industry they're in, um, the, you know, the, the, the region they're in. So th- those types of characteristics. And then where we come in is we also bring, uh, in addition to what you have in your CRM, product usage data. So we connect to our customer systems where they're collecting that data. Uh, we're able to combine sort of that information around their customers that might be in their CRM with how those customers are using their products. And so that combined set of information we call signals which we can then allow sales teams to take action off of when customers perform certain key behaviors in their product. And they also are, you know, in their ideal customer profile. That's when we say, Hey, this is someone worth talking to. Um, and here's, uh, here's why. Because if you look at either one of those sets, your CRM or your product usage um, by themselves, it, it, may not help you, I guess, because like CRM, you have, you could be, have a very big list of all these free users that fit your ideal profile. On the product side, you could have lots of signals of people using the product, but what you've done is mix the two. So, you know, the people who who fit your profile and are taking action and give you. Exactly right. I mean, you could have some, you know, uh, a couple people at Tesla, you know, in your product and, oh, Tesla, big company, they might be a great fit for us. But if they're not engaged in a way that indicates they're ready to talk to sales, if they're not sort of getting to value or, or performing certain other actions in the product, then right. they might not even be ready to have a sales conversation. And then alternatively, you could have people who might be really engaged, but they might be more of like the, you know, take Zoom, we're on Zoom, for example, that could be my mom who's on Zoom, she uses a lot to, to stay in touch with her friends. You know, that might not be the right person to have a sales conversation with if you're a salesperson at Zoom, even if they're really engaged with the product. So you kind of need those two things put together. That product usage um, insights, is, the, is there like a, a, a standard out there that you're able to just pull that data out? Um, how, how are you making that work? Yeah, so a couple different ways. I mean, there are certain companies that have, you know, existed for a while that help uh, SaaS companies collect that data and then send it in different places. So one example will be a, would be a product called Segment. 
So Segment, which was recently acquired by Twilio, uh, basically they offer a product where you can start tracking data in your, your product usage data in your product, and then send that out to hundreds of different tools that that Segment's uh, connected to. And so we are one of those, those tools that Segment's connected to. Um, and so many of our customers uh, use that. So it would kind of require them to already have that set up and have that data coming through. Same with the CRM. I imagine you probably already integrate with all the major CRMs that one. That's right. Yeah. So, so we ask that our customers have you know, some level of um, tracking and, and sort of um, product usage data metrics already in place, uh, whether it's through Segment. There are a few other tools that, that we support. We're, we're adding support for more um, you know, every day as well. But um, you know, we assume and, and to make you know, our product most successful, we assume that you have some level of tracking already in place. You eat your own dog food? Uh, are you? Of course you're we do. Yeah, I, mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I would imagine that's, that's part of the fun part. You know, we um, we we do eat our own dog food, and I, I would say you know part of where you know it's really awesome to to see the value in in our product is you know being able to kind of see how people are using it, and then to reach out to them at the right time and and when it makes sense. Um, and so that's part of our you know our mission and, and values as a company as a product, like. You know, we think sales can be done more effectively if you're talking to somebody when they're ready to talk to the salesperson. And rather than wasting a ton of time and effort, both on the salesperson side, sending cold emails that, you know, maybe someone doesn't want to get. And then on the, the potential buyer side, receiving messages that you're not ready to receive. We're trying to make sure people are sending the right messages of their salespeople and that buyers are receiving the right messages uh, when they're ready to buy. Um, so we're definitely dogfooding it and try, trying to, to do our best to make sure we're, we're doing that. Got it. The um, when you when you think of the sales folks that that you've trained, you've been, and could be using this tool, uh, I'm just curious though from your your own history, any any tips or tactics that have have worked well? Like you're doing that initial outreach, right? You, you get the right signals. Um, let's just talk tactics for a second. What what what's a good way to to make that sale happen? I mean, I think the you know the. Before even you get in touch with somebody, the best way to do it, in my mind, is to personalize the message and um, and try to, you know, explain why you're reaching out and why whatever you're reaching out about is solving a problem that they have. And so, um, you know, that that entails a little bit of upfront research on the part of the salesperson to say, you know, to, to know, is this person I'm reaching out to, you know, do they have the problem that I can solve through my solution? And, you know, have I done the like necessary homework to make sure I'm reaching out to the right person that, that has that problem with a message that is likely to resonate um, with them? And, and if you've done kind of that legwork on the sales side, then you have a much better chance of getting someone to talk to you. And then, then ultimately having the, the process be successful because um, you have like sort of qualified that person and, and you know, done, done some of the important work to to know that they're kind of ready to be in market um, for your solution. So I think that type of preparation is what I've tried to train, you know, any, any salespeople that work for me to do. And um, that I think is you know, maybe the most important thing to, to being successful at sales. When folks are looking at your type of technology is like, what's the, what are they using prior to you? Anything like what's the alternative before they would explore. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, what we typically see is like the exact same situation that I, you know, that we saw at Timescale, which is, you know, some manual spreadsheets and, you know, work to pull different data sources together um, and, you know, quite cumbersome and, uh, and a lot of work. Uh, and so oftentimes, 
if it's happening at all, it's happening on a, on a irregular cadence, you know, every, you know, a couple of weeks or month, something like that, a salesperson will get, you know, a CSV or Excel file handed them saying, Hey, here's some like great accounts um, to go after. And by then maybe it's stale. And, and so, um, you know, th- there are definitely some companies that have, you know, a bit more um, uh, level of maturity than that, and a bit more sophistication than that. But by and large, it's some mix of different in-house or manual processes that uh, exist today that we're going uh, against. And, and then, you know, that, that makes it very compelling when we talk to people who have this problem because, you know, they're trying to solve it in, in somewhat of a, you know, a, a sort of manual and, and painful way. And, and we come in and, and are kind of saving the day a bit uh, with our, our solution. What are you excited about coming up, like on your roadmap, what you guys are building and developing? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, we have an opportunity to be, you know, a really important piece of um, the sort of software stack for, uh, for sales teams at these modern software companies. And, you know, I, I think even, you know, if you look at things like Salesforce or, um, or HubSpot or other tools that are kind of ingrained into modern sales teams, you know, they're, they're you know, fundamentally not solving this problem. And, and I think we have a chance to um, kind of be this system that, that really, you know, sales teams use every day to, to get a ton of value and, and drive their business forward. And so, you know, we're already seeing that with, with many of our customers today, the, the value is quite, quite clear, it's, it's, which is exciting. And so, you know, I think looking ahead over the next few years, uh, you know, we have a chance to, to really make, uh, make a dent, make an impact. Make a prediction for me. Looking at sales technology, sales automation, what do you what do you see coming up five years from now? Uh, any fandangled, cool new tech that we can uh, can foresee happening? Well, I'd like to think we would be uh, you know in the the vanguard uh, of that, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the the direction things are going, and we're we're at least we like to lead it is you know imagine you're a salesperson and you can have an extremely easy way to understand who exactly you should talk to. You, you wake up in the morning, which uh, 10 or 20 you know, messages should I send or the types of action should I take that are most likely to lead to you know, converting um, you know, deals that, that, that matter, um, that are kind of in my um, sort of sphere of influence or pipeline or whatever it might be. And uh, what is the exact message I should use? Who's the exact person I should talk to? And, you know, what is the format that I should use to, to reach out to them? I, I think if, if you, you know, can wake up as a salesperson and have, be armed with that in, you know, three to five years, your, your life is going to be tremendously simpler and you're going to be able to scale, you know, your own efforts, uh, you know, to a much greater degree. So that's, uh, that's what I think would be uh, possible in a few years. Now, you're, you're just a, uh, about a, yeah, yeah, a little over a year into this um, and it may be too soon to... to, to answer this question, but I'll ask it anyways. Of like, what, what do you know now that you wish you knew a year ago that you could go back and tell yourself? Is there any like major ahas or, or learning so far? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think when we started out, we thought that maybe our solution, you know, would be a better fit for different teams than, than purely sales. So there's also the, the, the customer success function. Um, we, we thought maybe customer success would be you know, the type of team that would really benefit um, from our product. And so, you know, we spent a, a decent amount of time investigating that, you know, that team and, and that kind of buyer and, and what, what problems they had and, and ultimately realized that, that sales was really the best fit um, for, uh, for what we're doing. So uh, if you had, 
if I was able to go back in time and say, Hey, you know, that was maybe a, a little bit of a waste of uh, effort. Um, you know, fast forward a bit to sales, then I, I might have, uh, I might have enjoyed that. That uh, tip off. That's the challenge though, I imagine as a leader is like, how do you decide where to pour your energy, where to test properly? I mean, yeah, well, listen, I think that's, that's a core part of startups and, and technology startups in particular is, you know, you might have a set of hypotheses, a set of assumptions that, um, that you think make, make sense, but then you have to test those by talking to people and saying, Hey, will you buy this solution? Will you, you know, is this actually solving a problem for you? And, and if so, how, um, and that's, you know, that, that's a continuous process that, you know, never ends. And we, you know, obviously we still do that today. So, uh, I think that's, that's a big part of, uh, of, uh, of doing a startup. It's, it's that knowledge only through, through the working of it does, doesn't happen. Um, uh, for you as a, as a, as a leader, now this your second company that you've run, but you, as a sales leader, any, uh, books that you've read or audiobooks that you listen to that uh, you, you get uh, great insight and would recommend. Um, you know, a, a couple that I have read in the last couple of years that I think are, are pretty great. Uh, and they get mentioned a lot, so you're not necessarily unique, but, Shoe Dog, the story of Nike was really good. Um, and then uh, I recently read Who is Michael Ovitz about uh, the history of uh, Michael Ovitz, who was, he founded uh, the talent agency in, in Hollywood and then was uh, executive at Disney uh, for many years. So really interesting story of uh, sort of, you know, two, two leaders uh, that were, you know, at the top of their game uh, in different different industries than tech, uh, but, but, but very, you know, obviously very uh, influential uh, business people. As a, as a leader, it's like, you're always learning, always getting, and, and we have a lot of business leaders that listen to this. So I like to be able to get these different perspectives. I'm curious, is there any uh, um, uh, constructive criticisms that you've received uh, recently that, that you, you, you heard like, and you're working on, cause we're, we're always improving. We're always working on. I'm just curious if any any come to mind that you're like, oh yeah, that's that's something uh, uh, I need to be working on. I, mean, I think one of the biggest challenges of um, you know running a, a, a growing company is figuring out um, you know what processes need to be changed and fixed, and like how to effectively manage and run you know your company and your team. And you know, I, I think that um, you know feedback that that I've received is that. Um, you know, oftentimes it can be hard to figure out, you know, whether or not people are doing a good job based on, you know, me telling them. So, you know, I think being a little bit more upfront uh, on, you know, providing, you know, actionable feedback to, to my team and whether or not the processes that we have in place are, are successful or not, um, you know, is something that I took, I, you know, I take to heart. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a constant challenge and, you know, making sure you're, you know, communicating, especially in this remote, you know, world that we're now working in, um, can be, you know, very challenging. So, um, that, that, that's, uh, that's sort of what I would say. Communicating. Yeah. Effectively and across everything, but definitely like success. Are they met meeting your metrics or that you fall in the processes in previous ventures? Were they remote as well? Or are you used to working in a, uh, all together? Cause you're always based in New York. So I imagine like we're just always in a, in an office together. So I, this is the first company that I've done that's been remote. Um, so, you know, it's, hey. it's over definitely a learning opportunity for me. We, we do have uh, a good number of team members here in New York and, and we do have an office. Um, so we have people um, that come in a few times a week, um, but there's not a requirement to be in the office to work here. Um, yeah. Even if you're in New York, you don't have to, you know, that's not, there's not like a, a hard requirement to come in. And, 
you know, we, we may sort of uh, experiment more with hybrid over the course of the next uh, you know, couple of years, year to 18 months, whatever it might be. Um, but for the most part, we've had a lot of success being remote and building the team remotely. Got it. Uh, just fun question. Any personal or work apps uh, and solutions that you like uh, and you're like simple ones, you know, not, not really big ones, just simple ones that you uh, can think of that have uh, helped you? Well, uh, in keeping with the sales theme, um, I find myself sending a ton of messages um, to people, whether it's in a sales context or recruiting context or um, you know, whatever the case may be. And so because I'm sending the same message somewhat frequently, um, instead of having to type it out, there's actually this extension, this Chrome extension called TextBlaze. TextBlaze, a funny name, but a great product. And what it allows you to do is do a backslash and then a little, te- like one word or, or, or letters, and then it will fill in the text that relates oh, to that. And so you can just automate you know, the messages you want to send, whether it's on you know, LinkedIn or email or wherever you are. Um, you can just fill in, you know, the, the fully templatized uh, um, email or, or message you want to send. So pretty useful. I use it a lot every day. I love that. And, and especially when you can just do it in no matter what app or, or, or website. Yeah, you're on. it's it's, uh, it's on Chrome. So whatever is in your browser, you can do it. In. Uh, we'll have to check that out. Well, this has been uh, fabulous and to be able to hear uh, the problem that you've seen already years ago uh, and, and now have set out to solve the journey that you guys are on and the future that you're painting. For those that want to learn more, I know we do have a lot of different SaaS leaders. You can go to getcorrelated.com. Uh, that's getcorrelated.com and be able to of course, it's a product-led, so you could be able to get in there, start clicking buttons, and if you click too many buttons, they'll probably call you, I guess. <laughs> we'll probably call you no matter what, just to make sure you're you're being successful. But uh, yeah, just come on in and you'll, you can get started. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tim. I appreciate having you on. All right. Thanks, Hogsman. Appreciate it. And we'll see you all on the next episode of Uptech Report. Have you seen a company using AI, machine learning, or other technology to transform the way we live, work, and do business? Go to uptechreport.com and let us know.